Hello, and welcome to episode 322 of the official EstablishTheRun.com podcast. My name is Adam Levitan, as always, joined by Evan Silva. Today, we will be going team by team through the AFC as we get set for the final. Sadly, in a lot of ways, honestly, it's been a grind, but sadly, in a lot of ways, the final regular season week of the 2021-22 NFL season. Evan, how's it going? It's going well. It's, uh, I'm looking forward to doing something a little different, you know, and the, the playoffs are different. Um, you can analyze the games. You can really get deep, you know, into the grind, mm-hmm. um, analyzing these games, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. But we got to get through Adam Levitan week first. Yeah, and one other thing I'll say about these island games, like, I mean, the props that are up, like, we bet a Chris Manhurts prop on Sunday. I mean, I talked mm-hmm. about this in the solo pod, but like the books are going hard on putting up markets on guys that, uh, you know, I don't think they have a great handle on how much these guys are going to play. And so, you know, for the playoffs, I expect even more. Like I expect props on third, fourth, fifth string wide receivers for the playoffs. So should be good. Speaking of props, this show is indeed brought to you by our friends at prizepicks.com. Calm. If you can't bet Chris Manhurts props legally on legal books, you can do prize picks. It's legal. It's regulated. You can bet their props in parlay form. We are in the Discord uh, helping people with prize picks. We are do have a table up each week to compare our projections to the prize picks lines. If you want to give them a try this week, 100% instant deposit bonus up to $100. Use promo code ETR to get the best deal. Or use the link in the show notes. Maybe your season-long season is done and you're still looking for some fantasy to play. Promo code ETR at prizepicks.com for the instant deposit bonus and the best deal. All right, let's get into it here with the AFC. So the Ravens lost this game in kind of heartbreaking fashion to Matthew Stafford and the Rams. And now they are basically dead. I mean, not mathematically dead. They have like a 4% chance or something, but they're basically dead for the playoffs now, it makes me question if they're going to bring Lamar Jackson back or not for week 18, even if he's mostly Mm. healthy. Rashad Bateman, 10 targets in this game. I'm excited to see what people think about Rashad Bateman in the offseason. We look to 2022 fantasy football. I don't think that this passing offense is ever going to produce huge seasons from wide receivers, but I do think Rashad Bateman can play. So it's at least interesting. What do you see out of the Ravens narrow loss to the Rams? Yeah, Tyler Huntley just kind of looked like a backup in this in this game. Uh, took five sacks on 37 dropbacks, 6.1 yards per pass attempt. Didn't account for a single touchdown. The Ravens' only touchdown came on a Chuck Clark pick six. Uh, Justin Tucker kicked four field goals. But yeah, Rashad Bateman trending back up. You know, he's had kind of a in in uh, understandably up and down rookie season coming mm-hmm. off that foot injury that set him back to begin the year season high 10 targets against the Rams. He's played over 80% of the snaps in three straight games. The Ravens defensively are still getting chewed up by passing games in week 17. I mean, Matthew Stafford didn't even play very well. He still averaged almost nine yards for pass attempt Threw a couple of touchdown passes, 309 passing yards. I don't know if Ben Roethlisberger will be able to take advantage of that in week 18. Probably not, but um they, they really, I mean, their pass defense just collapsed late in the year. Let's go to the Bills. Um, you know, this was not a game that I thought would be affected by weather, but I mean, it looked like it was. I mean, Josh Allen completed 11 passes in this game. Mm-hmm. I mean, 11 of 26 was Josh Allen, and it seemed like the weather bothered him. I know 
Mark Stopas sent me some notes about the weather and how Josh Allen struggled in it, which is surprising because he has such a big arm. But yeah, it looked like it affected the game for sure. I will say on the running backs, I mean, it's very clear now. Last three weeks, Devin Singletary, 63 touches. Zach Moss, nine. Matt Breida, just one touch. I think the Bills will likely try their best to win this game. I think they want to win the AFC East. And I think they want to get around one home game, likely against the Patriots. So I do think they will be playing in this game against the Jets. We'll have more on that later in the week. What do you see out of the Bills? Yeah, you know, I was I, I really liked Gabe Davis in this game. Um, but you mentioned, you know, the I mean, Josh Allen, the, the, the Bills as a team only had 11 completions, 118 net passing yards. No pass catcher is going to do well in a situation like that. All four of the touchdowns that they scored were on the ground. Um, Gabe Davis led the Bills receivers in snaps and routes run, <laughs> but he didn't score a single fantasy point in the second half uh, of the game. And uh, so he busted. I think he finished with seven fantasy points. Uh, A.J. Terrell, uh, the Falcons' number one corner, did shadow Stefan Diggs. That was A.J. Terrell's first time shadowing all season. Um, Isaiah McKenzie was the clear number four. We talked a lot about it, how, how whether or not Isaiah McKenzie would see an enhanced role. He did a little bit, but not really, uh, cause he was the number four behind Gabe Davis, Steph Diggs and Cole Beasley only ran eight routes did Isaiah McKenzie. So, um, you're just not, not getting a whole lot. We, we didn't get anything from the passing game in, in this game for Buffalo as everything happened on the ground. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy, man. I mean, if you told me Josh Allen was going to stay healthy all year, he was going to attempt almost 38 passes per game, and Steph Diggs was going to just going to have two games all year with 90-plus receiving yards. I mean, I'd say you're crazy, but I understand Steph Diggs has been consistent, and he's had a fine season, but he has not had the spike weeks that we nope. have been accustomed to from Steph Diggs. Bengals. I mean, Joe Burrow did it again, man. And like, this was like what I expected from the Bengals before the year. Then they went to this like extreme run heavy attack for some reason, trying to hide Burrow. But last couple of weeks, I mean, and maybe, you know, obviously you can expect it when they're facing Patrick Mahomes. Maybe we should have expected it more, but man, Jamar Chase, I mean, absolutely shredding my God. And I think Jamar Chase is going to end up as like a first round fantasy pick next year. What did you see out of their wild win over the Chiefs? Well, you know, we can at least say for cer- for certain with certainty that when they get pushed, like it's fucking like they're ready to go. You know, like yeah. they when they get pushed, it is on and they fell behind what 14 nothing to Kansas City. And I was like, yeah. oh, baby, here we go. Because I, I on the betting show, you know, I'm trying to I'm trying to uh, chase this heater that I'm on. Now I got two two over bets in a row and. <laughs> You know, we're, we're building this streak, but I was like, we're, we're getting this one. I, I knew it was going to happen. You know, I, I knew it was going to happen and we got it. But, um, but uh, you know, I mean, I knew after that, four, after they fell behind 14, nothing. Did yeah. you see the, the second gear that Jamar yeah. Chase shifted into on that 72 yard Re- touchdown? I mean, just straight ran away from everyone. Reminded me of Odell Beckham rookie year, like catch yeah. a little short pass, make a couple guys miss and then oh, just my go. Yeah. The afterburners yeah. on Jamar Chase. I mean, yeah. you know, like coaches and stuff talk about like playing speed, you know. I mean, I think Jamar Chase only ran like, I don't know, he was in the 4-4s. Four, four, so he looked like a 4-2, I mean, yeah. on that play. I mean, that was fucking insane, man. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, and Joe Mixon also got really involved in the passing game, which you love to see, seven catches on eight targets. Yeah, and, um, man, you know, 
Jamar Chase obviously went completely nuclear. I, I think like T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd, like it's tough. Like the next week, everybody's going to gravitate towards Jamar Chase. This week, you know, everybody, more people play T. Higgins than Jamar Chase. It's hard. I don't think that Jamar Chase is like a lock to out target T. Higgins every week. But man, I mean, when he does, it's just totally insane. By the way, Bengals don't even like, I don't know if they're going to care about this game or not. And that's one that I'm going to look into a lot more because I don't know that the Bengals like can, um, are likely to play all their guys the whole game, but we'll see. Cleveland. They're just broken, man. I mean, I don't know what to say on Cleveland. I mean, they're just broken. I mean, they lost this hideous Ben Roethlisberger team last night. They'll play out the string against the Bengals in week 18. I mean, they need major quarterback questions. I don't know what left to say about the Browns at this point. Anything for you on their performance last night against the Steelers? Yeah, and then Baker, after the game, came out and ripped the game plan. Um, you know, I there, there's some truth to what he was saying, but he was playing scared back there. I mean, he was just waiting to get sacked on a lot of those sacks. He wound up taking nine sacks against Pittsburgh. Uh, TJ Watt had four of them and he was matching up mostly with uh, the, the rookie James Hudson. And that's what Baker Mayfield was criticizing after the game. But either way, like Baker Mayfield doesn't have room to really criticize anything. He has been absolutely awful. 14 sacks taken over his last two, six interceptions over his last two. He's a, well, he's not playing in week 18. He's out. Yeah. So they're going to go to Case Keenum against Cincinnati. There was a lot of talk during the game. Where is Nick Chubb? Where is Nick Chubb? Uh, at by ha- at halftime, Dearness Johnson had actually had outsnapped him, and it was revealed that he had suffered. He was playing through a, a rib injury, and so that limited his playing time. He did wind up finishing out the game, but um, yeah, it was it was an ugly, ugly game uh, on uh, for Cleveland. Broncos, you know, this was supposed to be Drew Locke's audition. He wants to be a starting quarterback, you know, whatever, whatever. You know, it has not been a great audition these last two weeks for Drew Locke. He did get Noah Fant going. I mean, a lot of it in garbage time, but Noah Fant, good to see, finish with 692-1. Of course, that comes without Jerry Judy, without Tim Patrick. I mean, you know, KJ Hamler has obviously been, been done. And so it was obviously an amazing spot for Noah Fant to get this going. I don't know that he has this ceiling on a weekly basis when all their guys are out there, but certainly not a good audition for Drew Locke. Anything you saw out of their game against the Chargers? Yeah, they're very committed continually to um, using an almost perfectly even running back distribution between Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams. They're Mm -hmm. also very, very committed to trying to limit Drew Locke's pass attempts. Uh, He's got, he started each of the last two games, 25 and 22 pass attempts. That's minimal pass volume. Uh, He did suffer a shoulder injury in this game left, but then re-entered. He's got a long history of, of uh, shoulder issues. They've got Kansas city coming up. He's going to start again and probably play poorly again. Houston Texans go to San Francisco, only score seven points. Rex Burkhead's workload is really, really good though, man. I mean, he's like mm-hmm. six targets, 16 carries. Like it's good home versus the Titans to close it out. Anything for you on the Houston Texans? Yeah, I thought the Texans offense would play a little bit better against San Francisco than they did. Uh, They looked good early, but kind of regressed as the game progressed. Uh, Brandon Cooks finished with seven for 66 and a touchdown. He also gained 55 yards on defensive pass interference penalties. Um, But yeah, I don't I don't have a whole lot to add to that. 
Colts, for as well as the Colts have played this year, they still have not clinched a playoff spot. I mean, the Colts need to win. They need to beat Jacksonville. And so obviously, Jonathan Taylor is going to be one of the most popular and best plays on the slate in week 18 because they're playing Jacksonville. They need the game, period. But at this point, we know how the Colts play every week. I don't really think there's a lot more to say anything for you on the Colts as they head to week 18 needing a win. Yeah, we talked last week more extensively about the players that went on the COVID list on Monday and then didn't practice all week and then got activated before the game. There just there weren't that many of those this this past week to focus on, but Carson Wentz was one, mm-hmm. and Carson Wentz was bad. Mm-hmm. Um, Carson Wentz has been very up and down this season, and this was one of his down games, and uh, this was, you know, they needed this one. Well, I mean, they they can still get in. Obviously, they they they're a win, they're winning in against Jacksonville, but yeah. that was a game that they they should have they should have won. They they should have beat the Raiders. They're a better team than the Raiders, but they didn't get quality quarterback play. Yep, Jaguars. I mean, rock bottom. I mean, you lose fifty to ten to New England. I, there's not much to say. I mean, I can't believe Dare got there with that receiving touchdown, but obviously it was just a total mess. Raquel Armstead did play a little bit, also. I, you know. Going to Indy in this last game. Where I don't know where the game is, but they're pacing Indy in this last game. Yeah, it's in Jacksonville, but still, I don't really have much interest here. Going to week 18, anything for you on the Jags? No, just that this should be theoretically an attractive job for whoever they hire next to run the operation mm-hmm. because they've got Trevor Lawrence and they're going to get the number one overall pick in the draft, yeah. assuming that they lose to Indianapolis, which they should. Um but uh, I don't know. Apparently, the Jaguars fans are planning on all dressing up as clowns to uh, try to show ownership that they don't want Trent Balky to come back as the GM. I don't blame them. I don't know why they. I don't. I don't get it. Why would they bring back Trent Balky? What has he done? Yeah. Uh, they're they're certainly going to have a new head coach. The cocoon, the cocoon yeah. strikes with Trent Balky for sure. Definitely. Chiefs. So really good usage for Darrell Williams with CH out. You know, they didn't play Derek Gore much at all. Darrell Williams, 49 out of 61 snaps, 77% of the running back carries, 8.5% target share for Darrell Williams. That's a really good role in the Chiefs offense. They play a Saturday game this week, and normally the NFL doesn't do this. I don't know why they are, um, but normally every game in week 17, now week 18, is together. But the Chiefs now are going to play on Saturday, and they'll get some information, and they'll the teams behind them will get some information. So they can still get the number one seed, on Saturday with a win and a Titans loss on Sunday. But I think that they want the number two seed anyways, two games in Arrowhead to start their playoff run. So good mm-hmm. spot for Darrell Williams, certainly. But yeah, that'll be part of the two game slate on Saturday. what do you see out of the Chiefs loss in Cincinnati? So Orlando Brown, their left tackle, strained his calf in warmups and was unable to play. They move Lucas Niang, their starting right tackle, over to left tackle. And in the first quarter, he tore his patellar tendon. So it was kind of a, you know, a a miracle that Patrick Mahomes played as well as he did against Cincinnati uh, playing with, you know, oh, and I think Mike Remmers, who is their swing tackle, he was also out. So, I mean, they were really digging in the, in the weeds for guys to line up at offensive tackle against um, Trey Hendrickson and the Bengals. Uh, But Patrick Mahomes still took zero sacks, committed zero turnovers, Averaged 7.4 yards for pass attempt, ran for 25 yards, threw a couple of touchdown passes. Tyreek Hill's role was right again. You remember in week 17 or week 16, he only played 42% of the snaps. He, you know, had had gone on COVID early, early in the week, didn't practice at all. 
Um, didn't do anything in that game. He didn't do a whole lot in this game, but he did get 10 targets, 85% of the snaps. He had a rushing attempt. Um, so I, I would expect him to be good to go going forward. Let's go to the Raiders. Raiders still have like a 50% chance to make the playoffs. Like the Raiders are not dead, man. I mean, they, they can still get in there and it's not that crazy at all to think that they can. Zay Jones has been playing well. And like, I didn't think Zay Jones could really play well at the NFL level. I mean, this is like a month now that Zay Jones has played really well. I'm not sure I still buy it. We'll see. Darren Waller has a chance to get back for this game too. I know they keep saying that and he keeps not playing, but at least a chance. Good win for the Raiders in Indy, man. And again, they still have a chance mm-hmm. to make it anything on them. Yeah, they, it's, uh, they're playing the Chargers this week and the winner of that game gets into the playoffs straight up. There's also a scenario, I can't remember exactly what it was, but uh, if some team loses, then, um, then if the Chargers and the Raiders tie, then the Chargers and the Raiders both get in. Uh, so I don't know. Hopefully we don't get to that. But I, straight up, like on paper right now, it's just whoever wins, Raiders, Chargers, they're in the playoffs. And the other guy and the other team is going home. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Zay Jones, he's played 79 career games. This was his first 100-yard receiving game. But you're right, he's played – I mean, he's got over, his, over the last month target counts of 10, 8, 9, and 7. Uh, and Brian Edwards has just been totally invisible. Yeah. Uh, and Zay Jones has been outplaying Brian Edwards, who I don't know, some people thought could could play. Um, Nate Hobbs, their stud rookie uh, slot corner, got a DUI on Monday. Um, and I, I would assume that he's not going to play, especially after the Henry Ruggs situation. I mean, that's not, not great decision making by Nate Hobbs. Chargers. I don't really have a lot of takeaways from this Chargers game. I mean, they were just all over the Broncos from Jump Street. Broncos were playing without like 15 guys due to COVID. Really easy win. Austin Eckler was back in his normal role. They're playing the Raiders this week. Obviously, a must win for the Chargers. Anything on them? Um, no, I, 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 really, I really don't have almost anything. I, I guess it was disappointing that no Jared Cook, no Donald Parham, Steven Anderson, only one target against the Broncos. But it's just it wasn't a big passing game day for the Chargers. No Charger had more than 63 receiving yards against the Broncos. Yeah, Steven Anderson did run 22 routes, only saw one target, though Trey McKitty got a few catches. Dolphins, I mean, I, I don't really have a lot on the Dolphins. I mean, season is over. Devontae mm-hmm. Parker did get 13 targets in this game. They're going to close it out against... The Patriots, but yeah, I mean, more questions circling around Tua now as a really disappointing end to the season for them. Anything for you on the Dolphins? Yeah, that was that's was his career worst game, I think. And now he's got New England yeah. up next, so it's probably going to be a tough finish for him. The Deshaun Watson rumors are going to be, um, you know, they're going to come back uh, regarding Miami. Um, yeah, and that, that, that's that's what I got on Dolphins. Patriots. I mean, Damian Harris was on his way to an absolutely massive game. I think he hurt his hamstring again, and Ramondre goes in and scores two touchdowns. You know, this recurring hamstring thing for Damian Harris is really bad. I mean, they should just sit him down and let Ramondre play the Week 18 game. This is an at-Dolphins game, as I just mentioned. They have clinched a playoff spot, have New England. Anything for you on them? I mean, the Mac Jones hive is strong, man. I've heard people out there saying that if they could do the draft all over again, they'd take Mac Jones over Trevor Lawrence now. I don't know how you feel about that. That seems a bit reactive reactionary to me yeah i think that's a little ridiculous but i mean 
you know, I mean, I, I think he was in serious contention to be the number three overall pick. I mean, you know, I, I believe Schefter's story, you know, yeah. uh, when, when it comes to that situation. And um, I think Kyle Shanahan loved him and thought that he was the floor. And eventually, like, you know, people, uh, other people inside the organization talked him in to Trey Lance. But either way, yeah, I mean, Mac Jones can play. Uh, I thought it was interesting. And, and he's done this with that, with a really weak supporting cast. I mean, the offensive line is pretty good, but in terms of the pass catchers, like Christian Wilkerson, you remember him from the preseason. He had some big yeah. preseason games. Nikhil Harry was a healthy scratch here. Nelson Aguilar was out with a, with a concussion. Uh, Christian Wilkerson jumps in, leads the Patriots pass catchers in snaps and routes run, sees eight targets, scores twice. You know, Mac Jones is like elevating players around him. That is a really good sign for a rookie. Jets. Um... I mean, I'm kind of tired of talking about Braxton Berrios. I mean, it was such a story on DraftKings specifically in DFS, but the dude has seen a target on 32% of his routes over the last four weeks. I mean, that's insane. Absolutely insane. And so is what it is on Braxton Berrios. Uh, obviously, they have major concerns about Zach Wilson going forward. I believe Michael Carter also suffered a concussion in this game. I mean, just a mess for the Jets. Anything on them? Yeah, Michael Carter started off really hot. He had a, a really long run against uh, Tampa Bay. He had 63 yards on his first four touches, but he suffered a concussion. Austin Walter and Ty Johnson shared the rest of the way. Um, yeah, the three-receiver set for the Jets was Jeff Smith, Braxton Berrios, and Keelan Cole. I mean, that's pretty brutal. Uh, and and their, their main tight end was Kenny Yaboa, an undrafted rookie out of uh, Ole Miss. Elijah Moore could possibly return against um the bills here and you know may, maybe you know maybe maybe turn in one more game he yeah. he showed some serious juice earlier in the year but he missed this last game with uh, covid and the quad injury yeah i don't see much reason to bring him back but we'll see on that uh pittsburgh i mean what a game last night the pittsburgh wins but but ben rossberger throws 46 times and goes for 123 yards i mean that's really hard to do yeah i mean really wow. really hard to do so you know, a, a fitting end, I think, to Ben. Like, if it wasn't certain before, like, this year has proven that it's time for Ben to hang it up. And credit to him, man. He, I, he undoubtedly had a great career. We've been hard on him the last, I don't know, two, three, four years, or maybe two or three years. I mean, he's been really bad for the last two or three years. So, but yeah, mm -hmm. great career for Ben, and, and good to see him get a good send-off there on Monday Night Football at home. What'd you see out of the Steelers? Yeah, Ben Roethlisberger, 2.7 yards for pass attempt. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger has played in a million games. That's his worst yards for pass attempt is in his entire career, 2.7 yards per pass attempt. Um, but he still was the best quarterback on the field because Baker Mayfield was even worse. I mean, <laughs> jeez. I saw a bit someone did uh, before the game. They went to Steelers fans and asked who, who's a better quarterback, Mason Rudolph or Baker Mayfield and like, you know, it's just a funny conversation to have. Anyways, I, I'd still take Baker in a fight against Rudolph. Yeah. And a quarterback. But anyways, um, Titans last team we're going to do here on this last team by team pot of the regular season. Titans must win if they want to ensure the number one seed. Now that assumes that the Chiefs beat the Broncos on Saturday. So we'll be watching the game on Saturday to see about the Titans. But yeah, most likely scenario is they need to win this game. You know, what happens sometimes when you play A.J. Brown is it can happen. Ryan Tannehill throws the ball 18 times. Like, 
it's well within the range of outcomes. And so AJ Brown sees five targets on 18 attempts. That's a great target share. It's just raw attempts are really low because ideally Titans don't want to throw it that much. That's what can happen. Anything for you on the Titans as they, I mean, they crushed Miami. Yeah. I, you know, there have been some, some people that have been some Titans fans that listen to the show and they've been like tweeting me and, you know, I've said at times like the Titans suck. Like I, I've literally said that. And now they're in the freaking driver's seat to be like the number one seed in the AFC. I'll yeah. just, I'll bend the knee, apologize. I was wrong. They have a bunch of awesome wins. I mean, I, I knew this, you know, I mean, they beat the Colts twice. They beat the Rams. They beat the Bills. They beat the Chiefs. They beat the 49ers. They just smashed the Dolphins to end the Dolphins' seven-game win streak. I was wrong. I think Mike Vrabel, I mean, I think he, I think he's the coach of the year. I really do. Considering everything that he's had to deal with in terms of the injuries to all the skill position players, they've had uh, problems on the offensive line. I think that they've absolutely maximized their talent on defense. Um, and to be in the position that they are now with Derrick Henry potentially coming back, although, you know, Mort reported last night that Derrick Henry, as of a week ago, he had resumed running, but still isn't cutting. This game against Houston, they, they got to have this because if they get this, they get the first round by, mm-hmm. and that will be an especially valuable rest opportunity considering, you know, A.J. Brown's calf, Julio Jones with the hamstring and the illness, and then Derrick Henry with the foot. I mean, I, I think that they shouldn't have any problem beating Houston, but that, that's another thing about the Titans that they've lost to bad teams too. I mean, they lost the freaking Jets. You know, so they've, really been, they've been really tough for me to figure out. In the end, I was wrong, though. The Titans fans were right. Mike Vrabel plus 350 right now to be the NFL coach of the year. Matt LaFleur plus 175. Zach Taylor plus 150. And it's really a three-man race right now between Taylor, LaFleur, and Vrabel. I think LaFleur and Vrabel have done a great job. Zach Taylor was driving me crazy earlier in the year, not throwing the ball enough. But undoubtedly, you know, he had a plan for Joe Burrow to get healthier and be more aggressive later. And so I think he certainly deserves consideration as well. That is going to do it for this AFC team by team podcast. Appreciate you all listening. We'll be back on Thursday for the betting show and then Friday night for subscribers with Wiggins for Establish the Show, aka the Kama Sutra Show. For Evan, for Bruce Luke, I am Adam. Good luck, everybody.